Hello, friends. Welcome back to the next episode of the After Hours Lounge. Welcome if you are listening for the first time. My name is Sandy. I am your host. Uh, I'm really, really pleased with this episode. Um, It's someone that I've actually, oddly enough, subconsciously wanted to chat to for a long time. Uh, Regular listeners will know um, of my passion of of water sports going in the ocean, Uh, you know, long-time windsurfer. Um, now kind of very much getting into into my surfing as I'm as I'm getting a bit older. Uh, so I'm honoured to be joined by the founder um, of the, the Wave Project. I'm sure many of you have heard of it. If not, then, you know, keep listening to this and you'll find out more. Uh, but yeah, Mr. Joe Taylor, thank you very much uh, for coming on and joining me. Thanks, Sandy. Thanks for uh, inviting me on. No, it's a pleasure. As I, as I said, you know, just before we hit record, you know, as I said I've done a podcast with Nick from The Wave and, and Eastkey Britain, who's another very prolific surfer in the kind of blue health, you know, what 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 surfing does to a mental health kind of space. So naturally you were um another amazing person to to try and try and chat to about it, really. Oh, that's very kind of you, I think. Um they're probably better surfers than I am, though. I'm not really uh... Yeah, I'm actually not a very good surfer. But I just want to get that get that out of the way <laughs> at the beginning, you know. Yeah. Um I'm kind of um I mean, I'm really interested in the mental health benefits of it. But the actual sport of it, yeah, I'm still, um, yeah, pro- probably, probably sort of in the kind of somewhere between the sort of in- embarrassing and the kind of um, just about okay on the right wave type yeah. level. So, yeah, that's. But I guess that's the that's the kind of point of it, though, really, isn't it? And I guess you know we'll get into the the point being of. And, and I've always said it as well, you know, those regular listeners and people that listen, I, I spent many years as a windsurfing instructor as well. And success is so relative, isn't it? It kind of doesn't matter. You know, for some people, just being able to stand up on a huge beginner board and ride a ride a white water wave straight into the beach, they get the exact same feeling as a pro who's just stomped a, an air that they've been trying for the first time or a trick, you know, something like that. They get that same level of, even though the actual level of the sport is completely different, but they get the same level of accomplishment in themselves don't they i guess i guess so um and i guess surfing particularly is a kind of sport where you know you're benchmarking against yourself aren't you you know you, yeah you, you know it's not really competing against another surfer in the lineup you're kind of you want to get as good a wave as you ever had and um if that's your first wave that's going to be your best wave isn't it so yeah. i think you're right yeah um in that sense, you know, that whole idea of accomplishment, I think, and achievement is is a really interesting thing about when you link surfing and mental health, because a sense of achievement is a really important element of mental health, one that's mm. not discussed actually as often as perhaps it, it should be, but the feeling that you've achieved something um, is a, a really important component of of good good mental health. And I think surfing gives you that. Um, quite quickly as well you know you can get a sense of, of stoke you know on your first lesson or mm. indeed the first time you've been on a board and there's not that many sports that you can say that about you know most of them you you know you'd expect to be to struggle for a bit but with surfing you can just suddenly get it and a lot of, a lot of kids do yeah I mean I you know it's one of the things I remember I mean I'm, I'm 29 now um, and I the first time I ever stood up on a surfboard I was 18 and I still still remember it now and it was I remember coming back to the house after and all the other people oh, did you you know did you enjoy it and I said yeah I stood up a few times and, and got in and a lot of people were kind of shocked um and then now having gone on to teach surfing you know I, I've as I said I lived down in in West Wittering for a while and I taught a lot of surfing there and things and 
most people do stand up on their first time because you get the, you know you get these huge beginner boards and as long as people are relatively able to to walk and things or even not even then people can stand up you know especially kids and things like that so but the the funny thing is you know most other sports i guess are a are a learning curve a, a slow and gradual upward trend but surfing it kind of you know your first session it goes up and then your second session you're like you don't even stand up at all and don't get any waves and then it's it's much more up and down i guess um which yeah. can it's, it's it's annoying like that isn't it i mean uh, it, <laughs> um and it is so much about on the day and, and you know that wave that you get and, um you know but i think certainly with the wave projects approach you know we I guess what we, we did was introduce the idea of a surf mentor, you know, so uh, like a, someone to be with the, the surfing student um, and give them that kind of positivity, that sort of encouragement, Yeah. Um, you know, the high five when they get, get a good wave and, you know, uh, someone there when you fall off or, or, you know, nosedive or whatever, or you don't quite catch the wave yeah. the way you want to. Um, and that sort of seems to build up a kind of a sense of uh, determination and, and a you know um, a will to want to keep going. And underlying that is um, so there's something in that whole process that seems to uh, really help, particularly children, to overcome some of the kind of cha the challenges that they're facing. You know? mm. um, don't know that I'm getting a little bit ahead of. The conversation here. No, but, not at um, all. You keep going. Keep going. Well, I mean, like, so you know, so I think a lot of the children that we we encounter at the Wave Project, you know, these are kids that, you know, usually have quite low levels of resilience, quite high levels of anxiety. Yeah. Um, that they normally they, they they normally get quite easily flustered or upset if things don't quite go right for them. But yeah. They, um, they don't always. They're not necessarily good at dealing with. Uh, dealing with things not going well but also they quite often don't necessarily they're not able to really see the kind of positive things about their life that they usually they're quite often in a you know in a place of sort of a kind of a, a bit of an angry uh, frustrated quite an unhappy place when they arrived with us mm. and there's just something about being kind of almost getting them into a wetsuit and get grabbing a board and someone else going out with them into the water and floating around out there that just seems to enable them to let all of that go quite quickly you know um and then once they've let it go you can almost then start to sort of think about right well now we're out here whatever the conditions whatever the weather you know whether it's cold warm you know windy big surf small surf kind of doesn't matter let's just try and make make the best of the situation yeah, catch yeah. some waves enjoy it have the fun we can have and there's something quite mindful about it you know kind of centers you in the moment you know centers, yeah. and and they just seem to kind of just zone in on that and that's really where the kind of if the therapy if you like comes from mm. unless they gradually you know did the catch a wave or they you know they get the feeling of being on the on the, on the water with the board under them you know that kind of weightless feeling of almost flying you know that you get when you, when you catch a wave um just hits a bit of their brain that kind of hits their sort of brain's reward center you know just sort yeah. of kind of sense of wow you know this is amazing um and then we kind of add to that the sort of uh, you know the the 
you know, the big pat on the back from their mentor and, you know, well done, and give me a high five, let's go again. You sort of do that enough times, you're almost kind of building like a kind of a path out of this sort of dark place for them. Yeah. And you just find that even by the end of one lesson, you know, like these kids, they're coming out of the water and just, they're just different different kids to, to, to the ones you saw when they, when they went in, you know, they're, they're so... They're in such a sort of a place of kind of total stoke, you know. They're, yeah, yeah. Uh, they're talking to each other, they're chatting, smiling, happy. Um, and as you kind of, you know, our, our courses tend to be quite short. They tend to be sort of six weeks. But actually you see the difference between week one and week six, you know, that by week six they're just frothing to get in. They know everyone, they're comfortable with people around them. They're, you know, they're saying hello to the people that they've met. Yeah. Uh, they feel more comfortable with, like, with, with other people, with strangers, they're talking about stuff. And just, you know, they've just managed to kind of offload all of that, all of that bad stuff that has built up in them and, and kind of dragged them down for so long. And then that's what's so lovely to see. And, and I think that's what our volunteers just love to be part of, I think, um, in session, so. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's, I guess it's one of those things that, I mean, I've taught a lot of children, um, you know, water sports and, and all that stuff as, as well as adults. Um, and it, it, I guess it comes down to a sense of like, generally, especially, you know, kids who are potentially a lot less confident, things like that. It is about those like small victories. And this is, the, I guess it's the same for adults as well, but maybe more so amplified in, in children. But it comes down to, again, the small victories, you know, that little, well, you caught, and, and, I found it, you know, kids come in on, oh, I caught, I, they count how many waves they catch and, you know, these little things that yeah, well, yeah. don't even know it. And they come yeah. in, I caught 15 waves. Ah. But it, what I noticed, it was never, oh, well, I caught, I caught 25. I caught more than you. They, they, I never necessarily got that. I, I got this sense of they're all just stoked for themselves, but stoked for each other as well. And it's, I think that's it. I, you know, that's kind of what makes surfing a bit unusual, actually, in, as a sport, because it is competitive. It is, you know, physically quite demanding. And yeah, and it's, it's a sport that's difficult to do really well. But in spite of all that, you kind of don't necessarily feel like you're competing against other surfers, you know, you know, and, uh, you know, so you, you can go out for a surf with another person and they have a better day than you. Yeah. Uh, but I almost, you know, you both, I think it's perhaps because you're, both in the sea together you're both on the same waves you're both having a bit of fun and messing about yes it's frustrating you don't catch the waves you want to catch and all of that but you can still kind of get it you, you know you can maybe get one wave that's all right and you sort of think okay that'll, that'll do for today and yeah you get you get back in get dry again warm up you know have a coffee or whatever or you know uh, chocolate or drink afterwards that's all part of the whole sort of stoke isn't it the vibe of yeah what you're doing and you know there's something that i have to be honest you know because when i when i started the charity nearly 11 years ago um didn't really i mean as i said well, i'm not really a, a good surfer or anything but just kind of enjoyed being in the water and messing about and stuff and thought it might be quite nice for these kids to do it and um never really realized just quite how how important all these things are to to good well-being to good kind of mental health, that sort of sense of overcoming a challenge, you know, um, of, of feeling like you've achieved something, of being around people who are supportive of you. These are all 
you know, now I know more about it, I kind of see that actually these things are really important to good mental yeah. health and good well-being. But it was never kind of designed that way. It just happens to be the case that surfing gives gives you all those things in one in one thing. So um, just I think it was just luck really that seemed to kind of bring the whole thing together. And, yeah. And, yeah. Um, with with that. to see. Oh yeah. I mean, with with that in mind, then I mean, can you can you take us through a little bit of the the kind of history of the Wave Project? You know, you say you know you started it almost you know eleven years ago now. I mean, how how did it start? Um, and yeah, why? What was the reasoning behind behind you know turning it into what it is now? Yeah. Well, um, so I suppose just just going back a little bit before that, that I, I've been involved in um, like a disabled surfing project, um, right. There was this guy who, like, so my background originally was actually in journalism of all things, but believe it or not. And right. I was doing a bit of freelance. Uh, I'd, I'd kind of hit a point in my life. I was in my sort of uh, early 30s and was kind of like working as a, a journalist and not wasn't really kind of doing it for me as a career. And I didn't particularly feel I was quite particularly helping anyone or doing anything massively you saw not, not disparaging the, the pressure or anything, but just for me personally, it wasn't wasn't really quite what what I wanted. So um, uh, I kind of um, I moved to Cornwall and I moved back to Cornwall and um, trying to reassess things. And was, while I was doing that, I was trying to obviously have to make a living, so I was doing a bit of freelance PR. And there's this guy advertised for saying he wants to have a disabled surfing school. I thought, well, you know. Might, might be a client in this you know i could give the guy a ring and maybe do some pr for him and it's yeah. like a good idea anyway it turned out actually make any money out of it because uh you you don't generally don't with like surfing all the charity sector really but like um yeah and it, but it kind of got me involved in the whole thing and we, we started doing this disabled surfing thing in, in yuki and i i just i just sort of hooked on it almost straight away just like working with these several kids, taking them surfing. It was so much fun. You know, they loved it. And yeah. we were just so appreciative of it. And um, even though, you know, what we were offering them wasn't anything very special, really. It was a sort of a basic surfing lesson. Um, and, you know, we, we just did our best to try and give them a, good, you know, give them a bit of a surf. Didn't really know anything about disability at the time, to be honest. Uh, but just, just doing it. Um, and... Um, yeah, I just from there I kind of started building up my interest in in this kind of whole idea of, you know, could you? I, I suppose it just got me thinking: could, could this be done in a bit of a in a better way? And one thing I really noticed from those lessons was just the kind of like I just described to you earlier, Sandy. You know, that kind of whole change of of, of sort of mindset, that change of of tone and attitude from from the people doing it mm. going in. And I noticed these kids were going in quite anxious, quite. And particularly like children with like learning disabilities and autism and stuff like that, you know, they're getting into this kind of, you know, that kind of autistic sort of, um, you know, quite agitated state and, you know, um, when they were going in, but then they'd go in for a, an hour of being in the water, just catching some waves, having a laugh, and they come out, they'd be so much calmer, they'd be laughing, you know, and just enjoying themselves. And I was thinking, you know, what's going on here? You know, what, what, you know and I, I'd see this happening week in, week out, you know. So anyway, I, I kind of um, digested and distilled this idea a little bit and was chatting to, um, I'd made some, some contacts by then within the NHS, because right? we were doing this 
um, all this disabled surfing stuff. And I said to this uh, commissioner that I knew, you know, do you think this, does this could be extended? Could you know, could we take this further? What, what, what are your thoughts? And she was like, well, have you thought about kind of turning this concept towards more sort of mental health outcomes, you know, looking at um, trying to focus not so much on just on disability, but on the, like the wider mental health. I was like, no, but um, happy to give that a go. Um, yeah, yeah. So she, I managed to get a small grant out of her through the NHS Trust to do that. And that's kind of what the WAVE project became. And so they, they also gave us a um, use of a, a clinical psychologist uh, who she assigned to the project to help us measure some outcomes. Mm. Um, so we started this pilot scheme and that's back in 2010. Um, and we, we, we worked with 20 kids, 20 young, young people aged, I think 11 to, I think 20, 21, 22, I think were the oh, oldest right. yeah, ones. Yeah. So kind of, there were some older young adults there as well um, with a range of issues. And there, there were a couple of them had, who had like learning disabilities and stuff. Some of them had anger management issues. Some of them, uh, one lad had, um, was diagnosed with schizophrenia. Um, there was um, a couple of others who were kind of working with CAMS for sort of social uh, and emotional problems. Yep. One had, a, had an issue with drugs and stuff. There was a couple of kids who were self-harming. It was a kind of a mixed bag of different kind of conditions. But um, and we, we ran these surfing lessons with them. And, you know, the results were just unbelievable and this clinical psychologist was just saying to us you know this is just you know just different to anything I've, I've ever seen you know really? you know and some of the out you know what, what really hit it home to me at that pilot lesson was there was this one kid who had um a condition called selective mutism yeah. which is where you know but you know yeah, it's where you don't basically you don't talk you kind of stop talking it's quite often associated with anxiety yeah um and he started talking in in, in the middle of his in one of his lessons he just started talking to his, his mentor it wasn't me it was a, one of the other guys there and he just started and it, what he started saying what was just just asking about the surfing lesson saying well what you know where do i put my hands on the board and how, how do i you know he just wanted to kind of know that information and he just, mm. so he, just he just voluntarily started chatting again yeah. and then that meant he got home that day and he started talking to his parents this is a kid who hadn't said a word to them in two years you know what i mean wow. I, remember, I remember on the, the last session of that course his parents rocked up on the beach i didn't know they were and mm. they came up to me in the end and said you know this is just just completely transformed our lives you know you this project's given us our, our son back i was like wow you know it's just incredible moment and i mm. i remember just going away from that just actually quite quite moved really you know just quite actually quite you know I you know I was I, I was just just actually genuinely moved because I mean for me personally I just haven't really felt like I've achieved anything in my life <laughs> at all up until that point you know and yeah and so I kind of realized you know there's, there's just something in this whole surfing thing you know so I felt I had to I had to try and develop it and you know make it grow it and make it make yeah. it a thing yeah and um and that's what I've been doing ever since. <laughs> Here, <laughs> Here I am talking to yeah. you. Yeah. So. That's, so, yeah, that's, that's the story. That's I mean, that's incredible. I mean, I, as I said, I and and we'll, we'll we'll get further into the kind of infrastructure of what the Wave Project is. Nat is you know later on, but think things like that. That sort of story, knowing 
it, it must be incredible, especially for that clinical psychologist to, you know, who, who obviously bases their career around this. And there's all these complex methods and clinical methods of how to, you know, get people to be better, especially younger people and things. And actually, I'm, I'm, I mean, I, you know, teach surfing. It's, it's not the easy job people think it is to take all these kids into the water, but all they needed to do was get these kids in the water and doing something fun and, putting them in a new environment and teaching them a new skill that's fun. And it did something that's, like it did something like that. It's, yeah, it's insane. And, and just being being supportive and just not yeah. um, not rushing them as well and not yeah. kind of trying to get them to do things they didn't want to do or um, and just, yeah, just taking a kind of a, a you know, supportive approach. I think, I think surfing culture is quite laid back as well, which I think lends itself quite well to, a lot of these kids, you know, a lot of them are used to dealing with, you know, very well-meaning but quite intense interventions. You know, where they're, they're kind of expected to spend lots of time talking about themselves and talking about their problems and delving into their past, and you know, and all of that's actually quite quite stressful and traumatic for them. And you know, I'm not saying that those things aren't helpful in certain ways, but actually, quite a lot of what they want is just to just to do something fun and, and be around people who are kind to them and just sort of, you know, just not, not making them do anything they don't want to do. I think that, you know, the psychologist you mentioned, um, her name was uh, Dr. Catherine Lovering and a lovely, really lovely person. And, she, you know, her really great insight was just that actually you could measure these outcomes quite simply, you know, by just doing some simple pre and post questionnaires for the children. So like, asking them one set of questions at the beginning of their course um, and then exactly the same set of questions at the end of the course mm -hmm. and they're just measuring measuring the difference you know you can do that on a kind of a on a scale yeah um, so for example you could ask uh, you know I, I feel confident now um, where on a scale of one to five where one is I don't feel at all confident and five is I'm ready to take on the world yeah um, and they might sort of put themselves somewhere on that scale at the beginning and then you ask them the same question at the end and then what you can do is build up a kind of a data set around these different questions around different children and the more of them you do the bigger your data set is and the more kind of accurate it is really because you you know you're eliminating kind of the um what are known as like confounders the kind of um, you know people sort of answering the questions you know incorrectly or deliberately yeah, wrong yeah. or you know so yeah so you graduate so that's what we kind of started doing and started building up a kind of a, a data set behind this kind of intuitive thing of you know we think this is, seems really good and so over the next kind of three or four years like every course that we ran at the way project we did i mean we changed the measures but we, we you know we essentially the same principle of pre and post right answer these questions beforehand answer these questions afterwards but started really tracking and mapping what what the kind of the, the, the well-being of these children was doing mm. um, and it just became really noticeable and really obvious there's huge huge jumps in in things like confidence self-esteem um, resilience you know their kind of social skills and social trust um, their sense of calmness um, you know their ability to um, tackle other problems in their lives uh, improved um, 
what's known as positive functioning, you know, their, their, their perceptions of how they think the future is going to be improved. Um, all of these things that kind of in mental health, are, you know, they're monitoring quite closely, you know, these all, these, these all just shot up and, you know, just from going surfing once a week with a bunch of people who yeah. <laughs> sort of, you know, uh, picking them up when they fell, fell off and, you know, yeah, just, just you know, pulling them into a wave and giving them a high five. And what, you know, not rocket science, but like actually it was making some profound differences to, um, to them. Um, yeah. So, yeah. Um, As you said, though, like, you know, you've got... The, one of the, one of the big things I guess that resonated with me. I mean, I was I never I was never a sporty child. I didn't. Uh, I had a lot of problems with my ears when I was younger. So group sports, I had a lot of issues with because I couldn't hear what was going on. You know, football, like it was just sensory overload. And yeah, so I never got into it or anything. And then I didn't really do any sports until I I moved to Australia when I was eighteen uh, to become a windsurfing instructor. And that's when I discovered water sports and everything. But. Mm. A lot of, I reckon there's, especially in the UK as well, there is, there's not as much of a water sports culture. It is a lot more about, you know, football and these team sports and competitive sports. And in mm. in surfing, even though surfing is a competitive sport at the top level, like mm-hmm. you can't score any goals. No mm. one's keep, no one's keeping time or keeping score, things like that. You know, as you said, you might see someone else, oh, they their wave was longer than mine, or, you know, mm. they rode theirs all the way in and I fell off after five seconds or whatever. But as you said, you are still only competing against yourself. So I'd imagine, especially as a child, every kind of every wave they catch, it it, it just gets stronger and stronger. And something something as well, like when you're a kid, I mean, you know, I'm you know old now and got a fair amount of experience going in the water, but the sea is still an intimidating thing to look at. So I guess maybe even on a subconscious level, because kids may not have that emotional maturity yet, but adults definitely do of looking at the sea and going, Oh, this is an intimidating thing I'm doing. And then they come out of it and go, well, I survived. And not only did I survive, but I also, I also had a great time and learned something new. Absolutely. You know, you just hit on, you know, all, all the kind of main benefits of it, really the kind of non-competitive nature of it. Um, and also just the sort of beauty of it, you know, the, the being in the water, uh, being in the sea, the, the open space, you know, just the water and the sky around you and, you know, that kind of, yeah, the, the, there is something just powerful about that in itself, yeah. in and of itself. Um, and you're right, you know, it doesn't, if you and I go for a surf together, it, it doesn't really matter to me if you get better waves than I do. If I get some nice waves and you get some nice waves, well, great, you know, you look, because you know we're not really sort of you know you're not really watching each other are you You're kind of not, not in that kind of yeah. way yeah not in a kind of um you know but if you get a great wave on it's hey well done great um so it's just a different it's a different kind of perspective i think on, on yeah. everything than, than a lot of other sports i mean there's a lot of a lot of talk about how important sport is for mental health particularly in children and I completely agree with that um, yeah. but I think the kind of kids we work with at the wave project you know you mentioned you weren't a sporty child and you know you, you, you had sensory overload in your ears and everything I think that all the kids that we work with have something that they're kind of have some kind of doubts in themselves about you know that they that otherwise they wouldn't have been referred to us you know yeah, there's yeah. something there's something that they're either worried about or not so for them you know, competitive sport is not necessarily going to work in terms of no. the way it would with some other children, you know, and it, um, so they need something that still gives them all the benefits of sport, but without 
that sort of, you know, real kind of illuminating in them in the spotlight, the glare of kind of, yeah, the winning mentality. You've got to get this right. Otherwise, you know, everyone's going to hate you. Otherwise you'll lose. Yeah, you'll yeah, lose yeah. and you'll, you'll let the team down and you're not, you won't be good enough. I mean, yeah, that's, now, if, if you're if the kids are resilient enough to deal with that, they, they that's fine. You yeah, know, of course. If, yeah. If then you know, and uh, if if you okay, so say the kind of kids that we've worked with, a lot of them, you know, might have a disability, for example, right? Some like experience bullying. A, a lot of them have experienced things like kind of domestic kind of violence and yeah. you know real sort of social problems at home, you know, um, and in our groups quite often it's different children have experienced different things and the thing is they, they don't we don't want them to be competing against each other mm. uh, we want them to be supporting each other that's the whole idea you know and that that way they can learn that actually you know um well my life my life might not not be great there might be things wrong with my life but actually there's things wrong with other people's lives too and we can kind of look after each other I remember um, a couple of years into the Wave Project, there was this one particular example of this when we did this session, it was down in St. Ives, and there was this kid there who, um, he'd been referred through um, social care and uh, his family, his mum had experienced, he'd witnessed some quite serious domestic violence. Right. His, his dad on his mum. And so therefore he was very full of kind of anger and and rage and just real angst and swearing all the time and and there was this other kid on this course who had quite a severe learning disability so in the same group group of 10 kids mm-hmm. and when the first kid turned up um, he, he bitterly resented being in this group with a kid who had a disability he's like what what am i doing here with that kid and, yeah, yeah. and we would slide you know don't don't worry about it just, just get in the water we'll catch some waves and stuff like that and this is, you know, a really powerful moment for me because this kid with a disability went in the water as well. And they were sort of kind of next to each other in, in the, you know, in the white water when we were just sort of doing some, some basic surfing. And I, I, this kid who had the anger issues was sort of watching this disabled child really struggling to kind of get onto his board. And, but he was laughing all the time and he was just, he was just loving it, you know, and he wasn't necessarily... You know, he, he couldn't sort of stand up on his board. He needed help just to kind of like position himself on the board, but he could occasionally just kind of in a prone position or a seated position, just catch a sort of short wave in. And, he was yeah. just like, and I just watched this um, this kid's anger just sort of melt away mm-hmm. because he, he realised that, you know, there's this kid who um, had, you know, not, not necessarily the same problems he did, but he had a different set of issues, different set of problems. And actually... That was that was okay, and you know, um, it almost, I could almost sort of see the light bulb coming on in this kid's head, you know, saying actually, you know, there's this kid over there who's got all these disabilities. And actually, I don't have those those um, yeah. those problems, and I can just go out and catch a wave on the board, you know. And I, and it was just and it was really profound. And they ended up kind of, you know, sort of, you know, being kind of buddies on the on the future on, on following sessions and kind of, you know, helping each other and stuff like that. It was just lovely to see. Yeah, you know, no, no. I just kind of think that kid, you know, the angry kid. If you'd sat him down and said, "Right, you need to manage your anger. You need to work out why you're angry. What's your, what, what are you so angry? What are your problems?" That wouldn't have helped him. Yeah. Um, But actually, just just watching someone else with different problems to his, in a kind of an environment where there was no pressure on him, 
did the trick, you know. And so, yeah, to, that that whole sort of surfing thing is definitely a really important element. But the whole social element of yeah of a group surf is really important to the therapy as well. I guess likewise, uh, you know, as well as if they sat that kid down and tried to, and this definitely happens, you know, go on, on the whole angle of like, you need to stop being so angry because there's plenty of other people out there with worse problems and all this stuff. Mm. That would, in my opinion, I mean, that that when people try and say that stuff to me it, now at 29 years old, it makes me angry. So I can only imagine, you know, a kid who potentially doesn't have that awareness, it would just make him get even more angry and be like, because it, it, things like that frustrate me because it, it completely invalidates that own get that kid's issues. If you sit there and go, well, no, you, you need to stop being angry and you need to start being happy because there's, there's other people out there with worse conditions or, you know, there's the age old thing of, Oh, well you need to finish your food because there's people that are starving. And it's, mm -hmm. you know, it's I, sometimes I find that argument a little bit redundant. And like you said, if you can show him an example of it and he can actually learn a lesson himself rather than just be sat down and told it, in my opinion, the awareness in that kid is is far more likely to to resonate. If you know what I mean, maybe I've said that I wrong. Think, no, yeah. I think that's absolutely right. You know, it's making it real, isn't it? And I think exactly, particularly yeah. for children, you know, they they hear things all the time. Adults tell them things all the time. That they need to sort of believe it themselves, and it's, yeah. it's whatever it also whatever gets them to do that. The thing, the point about this this that particular example is that it wasn't. Same kid wasn't there for that purpose. It just happened to be that. Yeah, yeah, no, of course that, that, that happened, and you know, so sometimes you know uh, that magic happens just because it does. You know, it's just yeah. difficult to. It's very hard to kind of put that into a kind of a scientific report, but um, you know, how do you, how do you kind of quantify that exactly? But like, uh, you know, it's such an important part of part of it. Yeah. Yeah. How can you can we go into the, the the infrastructure of the wave project? You know how how it works because I, I mean imagine you know there may be p people listening to this that have children or you know just mm. people who who know know others that that maybe could could do with a bit of this. Um, I mean how how does the I mean you don't necessarily need to take me through the booking process, but how does how how does the infrastructure? Because as far as I know, is it it's UK wide now? Um, I guess you guys run on you've got staff, but you've also got volunteers. I mean, can, can you can you go into that a little bit more for me? Yeah, sure. So, well, um, it's UK wide, although there are some parts of the country where we don't have you know projects at the moment. Right. I mean, our ambition as a charity is to be able to to reach every child who might benefit from the WAVE project and find some way of getting them to one, one of our projects and, mm -hmm. you know, grow, grow the intervention more, um, grow the project more um, so that we can reach more, more people. Um, but I mean, at the moment, we have projects in every country of the UK. So, you know, Northern Ireland, Scotland, okay. Wales and England. Um, there's a list of project locations on, on our website. People are interested in... Um, finding out more, just, you know, Google um, uh, the WAVE project and find us. Mm. Um, but basically, to, to get a place on the WAVE project, they do need to be referred by um, someone working with the child. So most of the time, we can't accept self-referrals from parents. Okay. Um, normally, it would have to come through um, a teacher or a doctor or a social worker, um, because the thing is, we have limited funding and... Um, because each child has has to have their own mentor, and that mentor, I mean, the mentors are volunteers, but they need okay. to be trained, and um, you know there's a limited number of them. 
Yeah, that was my next um, question. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, we've always got a bit of a capacity issue, to be honest, in terms of the amount of sessions we'd like to be able to run versus what we can run with our, you know, with our um, volunteers. volunteers and yeah. capacity we have. And of course, they also need equipment and wetsuits and surfboards and, uh, yeah. and all of that. And so we, we, we have a partnership model. So we tend to work in partnership with existing surf schools. And, okay, yeah, yeah. Um, and surf coaches so um, uh, we kind of organize the referrals uh, we train the volunteers and then we book the, the surf schools and surf coaches to come and do the actual surfing lesson um, but um, so I think we have about 17 sites around the UK now that we deliver mm. um, predominantly still in the southwest of England but you know we, we also work in you know South Wales, Isle of Wight Brighton, um, yep. got a project in London as well, um, uh, where we do a mixture of sort of stuff um, in kind of water sports places in London, like um, like Surrey Docks and a kind of mini bus them down to the coast when we can. Cool. Up in North Yorkshire, uh, Tynemouth. Yeah, yeah. And then Dunbar in Scotland and Port Russia, Northern Ireland. So um, beautiful. Yeah, we have a we have quite good coverage, but we'd like to be able to deliver more places and you know keen to hear from people if they'd like to partner with us i suppose know. it's i suppose it's difficult as well and i mean it's it's kind of just the nature of the beast but you know being in water sports and things like that you are very much governed by the weather and the conditions and things and if you you know if you're close to a spot where there's no waves that that becomes becomes tough and that's that's something that interests me as well because from my time working you know working in water sports in the uk uh, for a couple of years um I kind of I can't remember if people said it, but you can correct if it's true. Do you guys do stuff with like kind of inner inner city kids and things like that who would not usually get any sort of opportunity to even they, they might not even know what surfing is. Is, is yeah. that true? Do you do you guys do kind of initiatives like that? Yeah, no, we do. Yeah, and actually, it's amazing what can be achieved with yeah, the, that's really interesting. volunteers. To be honest, I mean, <laughs> yeah. um, you know, I mean. Flat, you know, it's amazing how you can overcome stuff like flat water and, you know, um, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. as well, if you've got enough people there. I mean, for example, our Brighton project perennially has the problem of, you know, flat conditions, you know, or not much surf. And they, uh, they did this thing where they, uh, the volunteers actually tied ropes to the surfboards and like a bunch of volunteers actually created a wave by uh, literally a bunch of volunteers would pull the board in with like the kid on it and sort of almost like... Um, simulate a wave that way it's just really yeah. good fun and and ultimately you know it doesn't matter that it's not as good as like catching some, some epic wave somewhere in like you know some sun-kissed kind of beach break somewhere but, yeah, you know, yeah. it's just fun and you know the kids love it and you get to give us a chance to do daft things in the sea and you know have a good laugh and quite often that's what we're doing in the wave project actually i suppose um, well you know, i guess i guess the kids and things they don't you know the adults or you know the instructors whatever they might know the difference they might be like oh this is rubbish i wish we were in yeah. you know cornwall or newquay you know how good would it be to have actual waves the kids don't know the difference do they especially if they're coming you know inner city or it's their first couple of sessions they're like that's their their whole experience of surfing in their lifetime is the past session that they did at the same beach so they don't know that there's amazing waves five hours down the coast do they you know well i mean i can tell you this we you know we we've evaluated about five thousand kids doing surf therapy in, in the uk and i don't think i've once come across a child who said 
I didn't think the waves were good enough. Or, yeah, exactly. You know, I, think, I think I wanted better surfing or whatever. Or whatever. I mean, you know, they, they don't. They just don't really care. Actually, no. um, they're just glad to be able to do something like that. And uh, so, you know, in London, I mean, we you, you have to be a bit creative and inventive around these things. We try to kind of, you know, do stuff in water. I think that's our thing. You know, um, and sometimes it might just be that like we do stand-up paddleboarding or we do kind yeah. of like we could do wakeboarding we do uh swimming um it might just be that we get to go down to the beach uh you know maybe once out of it in a group you know we just get them all down to the surf uh that's one of their lessons is doing that you know um and that's as much as we can do you know at the end of the day you can only really do what you can do with these things mm -hmm. and like make it fun and make it as enjoyable as you can and that's the best you can do and that's yeah what we haven't really done do you think um you know as i said i've had um you know nick the the founder of the wave in bristol and, and things like that and i know they're looking to you know he he was saying they his dream is to have a wave pool in every major city in the in the uk you know things like that have you have you guys kind of done done any sessions down there is is that something that's kind of exciting for you guys the potential of you know being able to alleviate that worry of no conditions um is, is that no, absolutely yeah, well, we have, well, the answer is yes, we have. In fact, we did a, a, a course with The Wave um, last autumn, which was really successful. The kids loved it. Great to have those amazing facilities. And, uh, you know, The Wave team were fantastic. You know, and it's wonderful when you can, you know, have something like that. And I salute Nick's ambition um, to tr have a wave pool in every city. And I'm sure we'll get there eventually. But I guess it's going to take a bit of time to... Mm -hmm get to that point and I think in the meantime we've got to kind of like make do with what we do have I mean I think you know the, the wave pools are a fantastic resource and it's great that we have them now um, but I think for me I, I think it's just about doing what you can do where you can do it really and um, yeah. you know um, if there's a wave pool use it absolutely if there isn't use what there is um, yeah. you know um, you know I mean in London for example we, we've done uh, stand up paddle boarding down like the canal system and stuff like that the kids have enjoyed that and, you know swimming in the lidos and you know um, uh yeah you know i think it's kind of uh yes it's not it's not surfing as good a waves as you get at, at something like the wave but if it's fun and enjoyable and the kids because our, our goal is to improve their well-being and mental health not really to turn them into great surfers we're not we're not yeah. sort of a, a yeah, exactly. school in that sense yeah um but uh, the ones who really want to get find out more about surfing, we would signpost them to a surf school, and they can go off and do that afterwards if they if, if they want to. We're there to get them over a bit of a hurdle in their life right now, and that's what we're there. To yeah, do. I guess that was that was kind of my next question because again, coming from you know the the background that I've come from and, and teaching and all this stuff, often there is a bit of a stress as the instructor to get students especially kids to a certain level because uh mum's on the beach and they need to see their little their little sunshine stand up they need to see that but i guess is, is that something that you guys find at the wave project or is it because the aim is completely different and they have been you know referred by professionals and, and things like that i guess that that isn't that isn't really the aim which kind of sounds to me having done that sounds great because the i guess yeah. the, the stress is off in a way for the instructors but at the same time, it's it's probably a different kind of stress, isn't it? Well, I think what we try to say to our surf coaches is, look, you know, it's not about what it's about. What, what what's the child's goal? You know, what's that young person's? What's their personal goal? What do they want to try and do? 
Mm. And we've got to remind them sometimes that for some of the kids that turn up to our sessions, you know, the goal might be to get out of the car, you know, and yeah. actually walk, walk down to the surf school. It might be to, to get a wetsuit on. It might yeah. be to walk to the edge of the beach and sit their toe in the water. And if that's their goal and they achieve that goal, well, fantastic. You know, uh, we should yeah. be praising them for that amazing achievement because for them, that might be quite a hard thing to do, you know, but then for another child and it might be a child on exactly in, in the same group, their goal might be to plunge in, go swimming, out as far as they can and you know uh, catch the biggest waves they can yeah you know, get hold of uh, and if that's their goal and they achieve it that's great too we're not a, you know it makes no sense to compare those two things because for both of those kids it's about them achieving th their goal not achieving the goal their parents have set for them or a goal that i've set for them or you know what the surf coaches have set for them so when you look at it that way um it's really just about working with them to do what they can do and yeah. going, going with that. And we don't really necessarily even talk to them about that particularly. It's just about, right, what, um, we want to try and get in there and catch some waves. And, and we're just then led by them. If they're like, no, I'm not, I'm not going anywhere near there. I'm, I just want to sit here. But we, we'll sit there with them until yeah. they're ready to go in. Um, I, guess, you know, I guess that's why you've that's why you've got your own that's why you've got all the volunteers and things because then because exactly. one of the big issues we used to have is you know I'd have 12, 12 kids and it'd be me and one other person so if one kid's like I want to go and sit on the beach I've had enough you know we have to be like right yeah. you need to leave the lesson then you know there's yeah. no, there's yeah. no there exactly. isn't that which is again something unfortunate but again it's a different goal so the idea of having ten kids and ten adults out there is you know, is, is, is brilliant because then you can go, right, well, you go and sit and build sandcastles on the, you know, yeah. there and sit with them while these guys do this, these guys do that. It, it just gives you all that variation, I guess. Exactly. And I mean, if that's not, that's not what, what that child wants to do at that point, then, you know, who are we to argue? I mean, you know, they know their, themselves better than we do. So I guess we go with what they want to do. And um, now we might want to, you know, it's getting that balance between trying to capture that moment where they might just say to them after they've spilt their sandcastle for 10 minutes, look, should we go back in and have another go? Or, do, you know, do you want to try again now? Or how are you feeling about, you know, just giving those kind of leading questions to try and kind of coax them back in. But then when I've done courses where, you know, I've worked with a child who's, um, you know, caught their first wave on week six of their six-week yeah. course, you know, um it's not massively unusual on the wave project we're, we're just not measuring their, their surfing at all yeah, yeah. it's not you know um yeah that's not what it's about that's not that's not what it's about for us really no and then as as time's gone on you know obviously as you know you said you're you're coming up on on you know 11 years of of doing it has i guess obviously the the volume of kids that you're you're reaching now is is has increased a lot but have you guys developed kind of new new techniques and things of, of doing it? Or is it literally just the infrastructure's got a lot better and it's still that kind of key message? Um, well, I think we have, I think we've improved our volunteer training a lot. I think okay. that's, that's really improved. And also improved our understanding, not so much of techniques, but kind of why um, the, the approach that we take works. And then we right. can, we're able to explain that, I think, better than we used to to surf coaches and volunteers and with, with that understanding it enables them to and it, i think the the, the the changes are quite subtle ones really it's kind yeah. of um 
you know, fundamentally, the, the, from the children's point of view, they're going for a surfing lesson. That's what they're there to do. And yeah. That, that's the kind of focal point of it. We don't need to change that very much, but just in terms of some of the stuff around it, you know, and how we interact with them, and some of the words we use and some of the kind of ways we try and encourage them. And, uh, you know, that's improved over time. Yeah. Um, and I think the other thing we've done as a charity is develop different program ideas. So, like, we have one that's more a program called a beach school that's more focused on um, children who are struggling in school that is kind of about developing their kind of education goals a bit more and cool. looking at and that that kind of taps into the curriculum a bit as you know the education curriculum um, and we're doing one that's more about for older young people uh, which we're just actually piloting at the moment with the department for work and pensions called surf to work which is about looking at bar not so much work skills but barriers to work so like lack of motivation lack of confidence and mm. working with young people who um uh like are on universal credit and out of work and trying to use surfing as a way to kind of get them feeling more, more motivated yeah uh, and more confident in their ability to do stuff so so we're kind of applying the principles to different th different things but um fundamentally what we're delivering is not massively different now to what it was our first pilot scheme 11 yeah. years ago do you find I, I, and i guess this has probably changed because the whole conversation around mental health has, has evolved massively you know in the last three or four years let alone the last 11 um but did you ever find any you know people you know parents or or people that were like thinking that it was a bit random or a bit arbitrary that their counselors or teachers or whatever like you know i think i think your kid needs to go surfing Oh gosh, yeah, yeah. No, I mean, yeah, do you reckon absolutely. people yeah. were like, no, my kid doesn't need to go surfing. Yeah. He need he needs therapy or he needs oh, yeah, yeah. You know, she you know, did did you ever it's yeah, did you ever have any kind of backlash or have to kind of explain, no, actually this does work? And then I, I, I guess down the line, you know, given everything we've discussed, people were probably like, Oh no, actually you guys were right. But how how is that initial conversation if people are a bit reticent about it? Yeah, well, uh, so uh, yes, we absolutely have had that. Uh, I mean, I spent, I think I spent the first two years of setting up the charity having yeah. that very argument with people. Yeah. In fact, actually, yeah. even one of our um, one of our funders uh, told us they wouldn't fund us if we used the word therapy, you know, that we, we couldn't really? call it therapy. Right. Um, and I pushed back on it and said, hang on a minute, though, you know, it is therapy. It's therapeutic. Yeah. You, know, it's, you know, I can show you the therapeutic outcomes. Yeah, you, know, you can't tell us that you're not going to give us the money because the therapy that we're doing is therapeutic and we're calling it therapy. Yeah, uh, and we argued a bit about it, and actually they gave way in the end and just said. And now the whole idea of surf therapy is quite established. I think actually it's been used all over the world to, you know, uh, support people in different ways, which is fantastic to see. Uh, but you're right though that even now people are, are skeptical. They they don't they don't necessarily fully connect uh, the therapeutic benefits with what with what they see they kind of think well oh yeah it's it's a They're nice like, thing to do playing it's, yeah yeah isn't it lovely they go surfing and not really actually realizing the real the real change that's happening when they you know when they do it but i kind of don't really mind that because frankly we've got enough kids on our waiting list to, 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 to <laughs> yeah. try and try and get through the push through the system so uh, i'm almost comfortable with if there's still people who are skeptical about it out there, that that kind of almost just stops us getting overloaded with uh, with referrals. So 
um, that's that's kind of okay. But I think actually, you know, we need to continue to advocate for the benefits of it. And it's really amazing for me to see, you know, all of these, this whole whole movement of using sport, using kind of uh, the outdoors, this whole blue health agenda is really sort of starting to thrive and take off now because I think people yeah. are just really recognizing actually, you know, this isn't anything kind of left field or weird. It's actually, it's actually genuinely real. It's there, it's been evidence-based, it's been scientifically proven. Uh, study after study has shown, you know, the combination of kind of exercise outdoors, the water, uh, supportive community. These are the ingredients for positive mental health and well-being. These are the yeah. things that get people over these mental health hurdles and barriers and out of these dark places. And um, actually, we should be doing more of it, you know, not yeah. uh, not less of it. So, uh, I think the uh, you know the the arguments made, and I think it's just a question of how that translates now into good interventions that help people and can reach people in a you know a supportive um helpful way um uh, you know and a way that is accessible as well for for everyone yeah i think it's as you, as you said i think you know the conversation around mental health has completely turned well not turned but it, it is it is in the the process of changing now you know three or four years ago i wouldn't be sat here doing a podcast about it no one would be no one would be even be talking about it you know really um so it's it's you know it's amazing i mean you guys are obviously far ahead of the curve but it must be quite satisfying now to see see it really start to kind of come into the mainstream you know you've got the people like i did a podcast with wild swimming cornwall you know they've got ten thousand followers on instagram and a huge movement not just down in cornwall but i i grew up in the highlands of scotland and up there and my mom now she's like there's more people paddle boarding and just going for a swim and you know, people, there's people windsurfing and kite surfing and all this. I mean, I've, you know, spent many years windsurfing. I never saw anyone windsurf there when I was growing up and things. So mm-hmm. the, just the whole, and I've got, you know, friends who who run a surf shop, you know, down on the South coast in, in, the, in the Witterings as well. And they're like, last summer we sold out of wetsuits. We couldn't, you couldn't buy a wetsuit and a, and a paddleboard on the, in the UK for a couple of months last summer. And I know, you know, definitely COVID accelerated that people being locked in their houses and things, but mm-hmm. I think water sports and and as you said, you know, that blue health movement and actually people are realizing, you know, oh yeah, we live on an island and actually getting in the sea is quite nice, you know. Absolutely, yeah. We've got this amazing resource, haven't we? I mean, we're yeah. Lucky, uh, beautiful coastline in Britain, you know, and uh, and ultimately, you know, the barriers to these things are mental, you know, they're mental. Yeah. Um, I mean, I live in Cornwall. I know hundreds of families here who've uh, well, maybe not hundreds, but certainly lots that have never been to the beach or never been in the water, <sighs> never never been swimming in the sea. Yeah. Because they just don't feel comfortable with it and they don't, you know, they, they give themselves reasons not to do it. And I think that's completely understandable. I think, you know, I think um job of charities like the Wave Project is to try and break down those mental barriers and make people realise actually, you know, you, you can go in it, just, just kind of go and do it and, don't don't worry about it. You know, there's ways to be do it safely. And a uh, nice thing about things like uh, Wild Swimming Cornwall is that, you know, that's a kind of a group of people who can kind of support each other to yeah. get over some of those barriers. And um, you know, and I think that is the main challenge for uh, you know for, for for so many people. It's just actually I just don't really feel comfortable doing it. I think people will be looking at me. Um, you know, I think I'd feel a bit embarrassed. Yeah. Cold. You know. You know what happens if I 
this happens or that happens if I if I can't get back, you know, if I float out to sea or whatever. Yeah. But actually, you know, once you've overcome all of that, it, it kind of um, it's actually quite quite doable. It's quite it's quite quite an yeah. achievable thing to do, and you know, it's great to see people getting in the water in their sort of swimming trunks and you know um, swimsuits all year round. And, yeah, I mean, I wouldn't um, do it. <laughs> No, but again, it, you know, it's physically possible. It's just, yeah, yeah. Um, it's the, it's a mental challenge. It's just, yeah. Uh, uh, so yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm super happy to see it happening. Yeah, that's the that's the great thing because traditional traditional water sports, you know, you're you're surfing, you're windsurfing, you're kite surfing. They're all marketed at the highest extreme level, aren't they? They're marketed as the professionals jumping as high as they can or riding the biggest waves possible and things. So it's very understandable that you're your average Joe or your person who's never done any water sports before would look at it, you know, they Google surfing or look at walk into a surf shop or anything. And you're like, nah, this isn't for me. This no, I mean, that's it. I mean, you know, exactly. Uh, you know, 90% of us don't get anywhere close to that kind no, of, exactly. Yeah, uh, yeah. Level of surfing or, you know, um, and I think people, you know, most people realize that it's just, it's just meant to be fun. Um, it doesn't really matter if you're not really any good because so are most of the other people in the lineup. So like, you know, uh, you know, um, but you know, it's obviously respectful to other people who are good and kind of get out of the way. Then you know, you'll have yeah. a good time. You know, you know. Um, well, there's the, the there's the classic quote, isn't there? I mean, Kelly Slater said this. He said the the best surfer is the one having the most fun. You know. Yeah, absolutely. And they they yeah, still right. they still say that, and it's it's amazing that someone like him said that quote. You know. Yeah, it might be easy for him to say that, of course. But, yeah, uh, that's very <laughs> true. Yeah, that's <laughs> very true. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But um, if I said it, maybe people wouldn't take it quite seriously. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, me neither. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Exactly. Um, do but you yeah, ever? He's right. He's right. To kind of you know start start to sort of wrap it up. I mean, what's the what's the sort of plans for 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 the future of the wave project? I mean, you must you must have some moments that have happened in the last few years where you've kind of pinched yourself and gone, you know, shit. I was I was hoping to try to create this thing that I would be proud of and feel like I was making a difference. And you've obviously vastly gone on to do way you know way way more than than that. Um, you know you know things like you know you had the 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 royal family or a couple of the royal family come down to Toon Beach for one of your events and you know yeah. things like that. I mean, what how how does that feel for you? You know, it must it must feel amazing. But yeah, tell me, yeah, what's that? And then kind of where where are you seeing it going in the next couple of years? Um well I guess for me it feels like uh I see I don't really see it as something I, I the Wave Project, it's been a collective achievement, right? You know, it's it's yeah. happened because of the work of a lot of people and, um, you know, some amazing volunteers, surf coaches, surf schools, um, people who never kind of get a mention in anything or never have their photo taken, who are doing a lot of work in different ways, you know, uh, who just contributed their time and their expertise um, to make stuff happen. And, uh, so I'm, I'm super proud of everything everyone's done, really, and you know, um, and also the children and the kids we've worked with. You know, I kind of get back a little bit to that example I gave earlier, Sandy. You know, the the, the, the disabled kid who inspired this other yeah yeah other young lad on the session. You know, quite often what children have got out of the way project has been actually from other kids on the session. You know, or, or you know that disabled kid probably doesn't even realise he's 
you know, inspired someone else. Yeah, yeah. You don't always necessarily know what you've done or how, who you've inspired or who's, you know, been seen what you've done and been, been kind of moved by it and inspired by it. You know, the whole thing happened for me, I, the whole away project happened because of really meeting those parents on the beach, you know, they didn't have to come. Had they not done, I might not have felt like a kind of sense of mission to take it further forward, you know. So they probably don't realise they inspired me. Uh, you know, so it's just kind of a bunch of people who've all worked together to try and help other ki these kids have a better time. And that's really all it is. And yeah, um, so the fact that it's got bigger is, is, is great. But as long as it only matters, as long as we keep keep inspiring the, the kids that we're working with. And yeah, if we keep doing that, then I'll, I'll be happy that um, yeah. uh, in terms of the future plans, I think. Um, well, it, it would just be great to be able to reach out to more children, I think, and young people. And I think um, be able to. So excuse me a minute. <laughs> in a minute. I'm just, I'm just finishing. Sorry, <laughs> that was my son just coming. That's <laughs> right. right. Um, uh, uh, what was I whittering all about? Oh, yeah. Uh, future, future plans. Future plans. Well, I think. Um, I think our, our goal is to just try to be available to as many children as we can be available to, either by getting them to one of our sessions um, or creating a new project near them. Yeah. Um, but it's not about kind of trying to, you know, expand the charity for the sake of it. I think we'll just be able to re reach as many kids as we can, and if we can do that, um, I'll be I'll be very happy. Yeah. Nice. Well. Um, couple of couple of quick fire questions just to uh, just to finish up then, Joe. Just I, I always ask these people everything. Um, no obviously, obviously, you are. Where are you in Cornwall? Are you in Newquay? Yeah, well, the, the charity is based in Newquay. I live in Truro, sort of about fifteen miles away. In like, nice, um, beautiful. But um, uh, but yeah, we're, the charity is based in Newquay. My office is in Newquay. When yeah, I've I've walked. Uh, yeah, I walked. <laughs> me and me and my girlfriend. We we try and go down to Newquay for like two or three weeks a year um if we if we can and just go and yeah we went we went down in october for the you remember in october there was a week where it was massive like the surf yeah. was huge everywhere it was super stormy everything and that was and my, my girlfriend's a teacher and that was october half term and we went we'd booked to go down then and we were like the whole place is going to be unsurfable but luckily yeah, yeah toe, toe and toe and beach was really good but everywhere else was just like closed out horrible Tower um, Beach is always really good. It's my favourite beach. It's yeah. near where our, our shop is as well, if anyone's ever passing. So do pop Yeah, as, as, that's what I mean. Yeah, I, I, walked, I, walked past the, I walked past the shop before and, yeah, it's cool. Um, but, yeah, with, with that in mind, where uh, where is your happy place? If you click click your fingers now, obviously COVID, we're a bit stuck in the house. Click your fingers right now. Where where are you? Oh, um, what for me personally, you mean? Like, um, uh, I think it... Um, I think definitely being with my kids uh, and family. Yeah. Um, you know, on the beach somewhere, maybe being able to just jump in. Smallish, clean uh, <laughs> waves. Uh, nice long set period to give, you know, a, a weak paddler like me time to uh, get out there. Um, you know, just maybe like a little football to play with my boys and uh, a pub that's open somewhere nearby. Um, oh, that'd be nice, wouldn't it? That's probably my happy place. Yeah. Nice. Do your um, do your have your kids got into surfing and stuff? Well, my older boy surfed a little bit. Yeah. Um, funnily enough, my wife has a bit of a fear of the sea. Weirdly enough. Oh, really? She's got, <laughs> a, 
she had a really bad experience when she was a child and uh, got sort of swept out. And um, oh no, so it's kind of so she's uh, doesn't really like coming down to the beach with her. So my young, youngest son is six, so he hasn't really got into it yet. But my yeah, other son, yeah. he loves a little bit of surfing. He's got a little um, sort of six foot foamy kind of like a sort of. It's kind of like a fish-shaped thing. Yeah, yeah, I know um, what you mean. Yeah, fins, no, you know, that type of thing. Um, and we go out on that sometimes. And he's, you know, he's, he's quite good on that. And he's, he's getting there. Um, and he does a bit of bodyboarding. I think, um, I kind of don't want to rush them, though. I think they'll get into it when they're yeah. ready. They might wait till they're a bit older. They're not, not the kind of kids who've kind of just gone straight into the water and they're, you know, already catching amazing waves or anything. I think they're going into it cautiously. Yeah. Um, but yeah, but they did love being on the beach and around the water and in the sea. So nice, take that. great. Yeah. Um, and then, uh, as well as you know me doing the podcasting and the the water sports, I'm a, I'm very very into my uh, into my movies and uh, my my TV and stuff. I spend spend a lot of time, probably too much time to be honest, watching films and stuff. Um, are you a, are you a movie man? What have you been? Obviously, lockdown as well. We're we're closed in. There's not much else to do. Are you? A, are I was going to say. Yeah. Are you a movie? Uh, uh, yeah, I am at the moment. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I am at the moment. Um, what have you been? What have you been watching? Hit me with some lockdown recommendations. Well, my wife and I have been watching Shit's Creek on Netflix, which we've been, <sighs> uh, has been really, really cheering us up. So yeah, um, everyone says yeah. I need to watch that. That's meant to be really good. So, yeah, it's 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 perfect lockdown viewing because it's about yeah. a, a family kind of like in exile. Um, you know, but it's it's also really moving as well. It's it's funny, but but in a likable kind of way. And um, yeah, really enjoyed that. Yeah. Um, what else do we uh, watch in terms of movies? Um, uh, weirdly enough, you'd be might be surprised to hear this, but actually I watched Point Break for the first time yeah. just a couple of weeks ago. Uh, never seen it before. Um, so, um, you know, like it's iconic surfing movie. I've, I've, I've never watched it. And um yeah, I think I'm, I'm probably about 20 years too late, really, to, really kind of, <laughs> to perhaps appreciate it as, as, as much as I, I could have done, uh, you know, 20 years classic. ago. But I'm um, glad, glad I've seen it at last. Anyway, I've been meaning to, to watch it for years. But um, yeah, you've so, been yeah, probably yeah. you've been probably getting Point Break references for the last like 10 years, and you haven't. Yeah, have you? <laughs> suddenly it all becomes clear, you know. Right? Yeah. yeah, but uh, it is quite funny though, sort of seeing that whole like macho surfing culture. I just feel like actually we've almost moved on from that now. It's kind of like, you know, that's not the surfing culture I've kind of grown up around at all. No. I think, uh, you know, yeah. Um, yeah, I don't think it's really like that now at all, is it? Maybe it is in some places, but yeah, no. Um, yeah, it's definitely, well, like, now, I think. Yeah. yeah. Like everything else, I think you know, and and it's brilliant. But I think everything's got a lot more inclusive now, hasn't it? Including including surfing. You know, back back then, I imagine it was it was a very kind of localized sport, wasn't it? You know, and you you yeah. it was a lot of uh, you know you weren't welcome. And I don't know if you've seen Lords of Dogtown yeah. about the the start of skateboarding as well, but you know they're like you people they'd go and trash people's cars if they pulled up into the car park at the beach and stuff. You know, it's crazy. Yeah, gosh, right. Yeah, yeah. Don't, don't want any of that, do we? No, but. Um, I, I suppose it. I guess when it was more of a kind of a niche thing, I guess it was more like maybe a bit more like that. But certainly, yeah. I never really experienced very much of that myself. I mean, you know, maybe I'm just a bit. Maybe I spent too much time in the shallow water to to, <laughs> to, to, you know, to experience it. But um, 
Um, but yeah, then, no, I'd recommend Shit's Creek definitely. definitely. Oh yeah, no, I, I, it's not the first. You're not the first person to recommend it. I should, I should give it a go. Um, and then finally, you're you're actually a, a brilliant person to to ask this question to. Not that other guests aren't brilliant, but you 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 know especially. Um, who who would you like to to hear on the podcast? Who have you got anyone that you think would be um would be really great for me to me to chat to? This is a sly way of you making my job easier, by the way, of me finding new guests. But if you've got yeah. some that you think would be um be a really interesting person to talk to um let me know as i said i you know it's not just kind of the water sports thing i i do i talk to many different people but um yeah yeah yeah, yeah. oh gosh you've got me thinking uh, yeah yeah it's all stuff that's, that's the thing there's there's so many you know super inspiring people in in surfing i mean i'd, I'd certainly say you know our patron victoria pendleton's well worth an interview if you can get hold of her she's had an you know incredible life, you know, like a sort of a multi gold medal winning Olympian. I mean, she's a cyclist, obviously, but um, yeah. uh, you know, she went from that uh, very well publicised, you know, breakdown where she, you know, which she's talked about really openly, and found surfing helped her mental reco- health recovery. And it's one of the reasons she got involved in our charity. Was oh, cool! I didn't totally know that. Got, she totally got what we were all about, and and. She's, she's now our patron, but, uh, um, you know, and she's done some other, other amazing things as well. Like, you know, she's just had this incredible life. So yeah. She'd be definitely worth a chat. Um, oh, nice. Well, I'll, yeah, I'll, I'll, I mean, I'll probably send you an email and be like, can you, can you get me in touch with her? But yeah, no, that would be, that'd be cool. to you, yeah. 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 Um, no, I didn't, I didn't know that. Um, well, Joe, thank you. Thank you so yeah. much for coming on. That's been, been so, um, so interesting guys who are listening. I hope you, um, I hope you've enjoyed that. Um, Joe, where can we find more information about the wave project online? Well, probably our website's the best place to go. Just waveproject.co.uk. Yep. Um, we also on you know, Instagram and Facebook, uh, wave project UK. Great. Um, so yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah, if anyone, and, yeah. If anyone's looking for any any more information on what they're doing, perhaps you're wanting to, um, you know, try and try and get involved somehow, whether it's as a volunteer or if I don't know if you're looking for volunteers, but that or or if you know someone that could perhaps benefit from um, this kind of therapy, because it definitely is a form of therapy. Um, yeah. Uh, head head to there. Uh, guys, thank you so much for listening. You can also follow me on Instagram at the After Hours Lounge. Uh, if you are enjoying, please like, share, subscribe, leave a review. It all takes five seconds, but it it really, really helps me with what I'm doing as well. Uh, Joe, thank you very much for coming on. Um, Thanks, Andy. Cheers. Thank you, guys. We will see you for the next one.